0: playoffs are for winners. On the other side, we do have to deal with N'Gakwe. N'Gakwe. You
1: are listening to the Packers pregame podcast. And who better to pound the rock than AJ the tree trunks Dylan. I don't, I don't, I don't have a good nickname for him. Answering the hardest question. Or should we just let this play out um, you know, that's a good question.
0: Fiery debates. It's
1: Kyle. It's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's better than Jair Alexander. Yep, he's better. Uh, unbiased opinion, I disagree. And finally, the hottest
0: of takes from the greatest of truth-tellers.
1: Alright, look around,
0: free snap, where's number 20, where's number 20, there he is, that's where I'm going. You don't even have to
1: make reads. This game is a chance for Mitchell Trubisky to turn the tide on his career in the next decade for the Chicago Bears. The question that everyone should have been, well it shouldn't even be been a question, the statement that everyone should have been saying loud and clearly, yelling it from the rooftops, from the mountaintops, is look what Aaron Rodgers has done in spite of Mike McCarthy. He has won in spite of the people above him and the people higher up in the organization he has dragged this team through the mud he has willed this team to win we do not give him the credit that he deserves high snap put down joseph come on it is good no he missed it are you kidding me he missed it right he missed it right oh my heavens oh
0: oh my Hello, and you are welcome for listening to the Packers pregame podcast. We have a great matchup this week as your Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers primetime, baby, Sunday night. I am one of your hosts, Mike, and with me, as always, our co host, Bill, aka Big Willie.
1: What'd do, do, baby?
0: So we are going to do a slight recap of the Packers game uh, from last week before we get into previewing this upcoming game. Uh, As a reminder, we just started our Packers pregame postgame podcast. So go and check that out for a full breakdown, a nice 15 minutes in and out of your ears to discuss what happened last week with the Detroit Lions. On top of that, This will be the second-to-last podcast that we post on both the On With feed and the Packers pregame podcast feed. We are going to be moving on to our own feed. We're breaking away from the On With brand. You can follow us on Twitter at PackerPregame. Bill, we are going to be talking today about... What is going to happen to Aaron Rodgers now that the offensive line is completely injured? How the Packers are only three or three and a half point dogs on the road, which is weird. Should we expect the Packers who are normally bad in California to be good in California? And so much more. But let's just recap a little bit about what happened last week against the Detroit Lions. Like I said, listen to our Packer pregame, postgame podcast for instant reactions, but we're going to start on the defense. There still seems to be very real problems on defense. Bill, with Kevin King moving to the slot, which we're going to talk a lot about today, how do you see, like are you, here's where I'm at, and then I want to hear where you're at, okay, because I'm not trying to ask you open-ended questions like I always do. Where I'm at is that I have spent so many GD seasons getting frustrated with the Packers defense and it never changes. Okay? So, yes. I'm not going to do that this year. I am okay. just going to stay positive. So that means you're
1: just going to pretend to not be mad?
0: Well, I'm just going to I am going to understand, okay, this defense is bad, so that's not going to be my expectation. Okay, I'm setting the bar wow. low. Where are you at? Do you see any, like, chance that they can actually improve?
1: Um, yeah, they just need to, um, you know, uh, either hope that the guys that they drafted three years ago who are still not good suddenly become good, or get some new dudes. Because <laughs> other than that, I'm, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of options
0: okay uh so that that takes us to guys we drafted like three or four years ago uh hoping that they get good i am now your number one kevin king defender no well, one's out here defending kevin king are you gonna jump on this with well him? hey
1: you know what kevin king ain't here out defending anyone either so <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna join me on that venture no, no. why not <laughs> why would i that's a terrible hill to die okay, on. okay
0: i'll give you a couple reasons He's tall. Okay. He's got length, which might be the same thing. Length. He used to be fast. He used to be athletic. He wears number 20. And Peter Bukowski tells me he's gonna be i I'm sorry, Peter Bukowski tells me he's gonna be fine in the slot. So what's not to like?
1: I mean all of that? So, about- okay, I actually, I had this thought yesterday. Um, we treat, the people, the way people talk about Kevin King, like he, they talk about him like the, like, um, like an old washed up superstar where like everyone knows he can't play, but you can't really get rid of him. So you just kind of got to hide him on defense. Like he's like some old aging point guard, except he's been bad his entire career. <laughs> Except for like he did a couple interceptions. Was it two years ago now?
0: Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, very, "Oh man, he was Kevin very high King." High volatility. Good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's like there's like this weird revenance about him where like it almost sounds like it's like, "Oh man, Kevin King, you used to be good. Now you're not, but we still like you." And it's like, "No, you weren't good, and no one ever liked you." I don't know why we're talking about you in this way.
0: It is it it is actually just truly sad because he was bad. And we talked about him being bad. All if you listen to the uh, the intro that we do, you hear me literally saying, "Where's number twenty? Where's number twenty? There he is. That's where I'm gonna throw the ball." That was like week ten last year, and then in the playoffs against the Bucks, it was like, "Oh, now everybody knows he's bad." And
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what do you how? I, I feel bad for Kevin King because it's not like he's not trying, dude. He is just not good anymore. And that makes me feel bad for him. Because not only does the other team know he's not good, he knows he's not good. It's not like he's walking out on the field being like, I'm that I'm that dude. I am that dude. He knows he's yeah. bad. He knows he's bad. That makes me very, very
1: sad. You, th- you think he would know, right? If
0: he Okay, if he's if he thinks he's good, we've got other problems. We need concussion protocols, CTE Uh-oh. checks, because Uh-oh. he that is weird. So, but I am I'm a full Kevin King defender, and I think that I've been muted by a couple people on Twitter for it. So, uh, no. okay, okay, moving.
1: We're, we're getting deplatformed for our views. <laughs>
0: <laughs> moving into one thing that I also wanted to discuss which is there was a lot of hype this offseason about uh, MVS and what, what a great preseason that he had coming into the year and he hasn't been very productive but I think that his productivity stats are misleading because the dude has been getting open and Aaron Rodgers has been just flat missing him do I mean the, I guess there's no question there. That's just my opinion. Do you have an opinion?
1: <laughs> I think I, to answer your opinion, I agree with you. Uh, MVS. Um, yeah, I know we talked about it. You know, I think on the our first one where we're like, all right, well, I think I said something like, I'll give I'll give him like one, like, you know, a bad ball, and then the first one that hits him in the hands, I'm like, you're out of here. But, but- uh, Aaron has straight up overthrown him or like missed him on like a couple, like it was like, there was a couple times during the Lions game where it's like, man, you could have put this game away and you, you missed, you just straight up missed him.
0: Well, and, and that, one of the things that's weird about that is I feel like MBS is the hardest dude on the team to overthrow.
1: you think so. fast? You would think so.
0: And, yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Like, even if it, you kind of overthrew him, he would just kind of, like, speed up and get it. Right. Have you ever seen the movie The Replacements? Uh, Maybe.
0: I mean, so, I know what it's about. So in The Replacements, there's this dude who can't catch anything, but he's super fast. His name is Clifford Franklin. and okay. And so... <laughs> So the the joke is that you literally can't overthrow him, like you can't. Sure. And that's how I feel. MVS is everyone talks about his speed. So I'm just, every time I see him get overthrown, I'm just confused. He hasn't had an opportunity to drop a pass, right? Yeah. He had like the fourth and two. He's had one other catch, and other than that, Randall Cobb is our second
1: leading wide receiver. Is he?
0: Yes. Which brings me to the resurgence. So he's
1: got, like, what? He's got, like, what? Maybe half a dozen catches? He has three catches. It, oh, God. He has three catches. He had one so catch what, in the Saints just... game,
0: two in the Lions game. It's just it's just straight feed Devontae, which I love, by the way. As an ex-Madden player, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just feed Devontae and Aaron Jones. But I'm just surprised, especially with the slander that Jeremy was giving Randall Cobb last week. I'm just surprised that he's our second leading wide receiver.
1: I mean, where was he week one? Uh,
0: he was learning the offense,
1: Bill. Oh, I don't know if you remember does that. that. Does that mean he can't catch passes? It means he can't get open. But last week he got open. So, um,
0: all right, I didn't so, have this on the rundown, but I do want to say so my. He
1: learned. You're telling me he learned the offense in one week? Yes. Oh, wow!
0: I know. Brett Favre goes back to pass, he pumps Now he fires over the middle
1: Intercepted, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now It was intercepted by Tracy Porter
0: So I do, it's not on the rundown But I do want to say uh, farewell to my take And to Jace Sternberger Because I believed deep in my soul That Jace Sternberger was going to be very good And the Packers cut him, and now he's a Seahawk, which just makes me want to puke. But he got picked up? Yeah, he got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. But it is is a farewell to, to Jace and a farewell to my take that he was going to be really good for the Green Bay Packers. What's your favorite Jace Sternberger memory?
1: Um, boy, there's so many to choose from. Um... Man, I think I'd have to say my favorite Jay Sternberger memory would be um, I think I saw him catch a pass on the sideline in Dallas. It's a good one. And then and then he got hurt, and he was done for the season.
0: Yes. Uh, that is exactly what happened. My favorite Jay Sternberger memory is the two tro- two drops he had against, I think, the Saints last year, and then he got hurt. Mm. So, goodbye, Jace. Pour him out. Pour one out. We'll miss you. Please, no more drinking and driving, okay? Thanks. All right, let's move on to a preview of the upcoming game, Bill. The Packers are taking on the 49ers in California, and if we know anything, well, and it's Sunday night, and if we know anything about the Green Bay Packers, it's when they travel out west they have a good time, and they tend to not play very well. So, what the the first thing, the big thing on all the Twitter spheres, everything going around, we are offensive line play experts, much smarter than the other offensive line podcasts. Uh, Joe Thomas has texted me personally and told me how good my offensive line scouting is. So, the Packers have listed Elton Jenkins as Doubtful, which we know in today's uh, questionable doubtful means he's out. So the Packers are now w- without their number one starting left tackle in David Bakhtiari, and now their number two starting left tackle in Elton Jenkins. It sounds like Billy Turner is moving out left. And across from them is Nick Bosa, which we have a lot to discuss there. But Bill How nervous are you for Aaron Rodgers and his back? His back? Yeah.
1: Does he got a bad back now?
0: He's gonna be getting hit in the back a lot. I think. Oh. Well, I think Mike. Uh,
1: Ah, I see. Uh, I think you're forgetting the Packers are on a one-game win streak in San Francisco.
0: The last year doesn't count. Does it though? It doesn't count. All of it. Just all of it doesn't count. If there was such thing as a minor league football team, that's what the 49ers were last year because everyone was so hurt.
1: So were we at the same time?
0: Agree to disagree.
1: Okay. I'm trying to, I really <laughs> was just trying to, really just trying to lob up an easy W for you and you just swatted that shit back in my face.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we did win last year in, in San Francisco, right?
1: Yes. That's what I said.
0: Um, I don't have, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I guess, so have they gotten over their woes? Their California woes?
1: I mean, that's, that was kind of the, that was kind of the thing I was trying to do. So they're it was back. like, you said they're bad. You know, we could just cut this. Are, just... are they back? <laughs> that's what, that's what I was trying to say. And then you were like, no, it doesn't count.
0: Tell me they're back, Bill. They're back? They're back. They're back okay so oh, no baby
1: One and know in streak
0: hey sample size like those other two that was like first year of matt lafleur last year was second year of matt lafleur they win on the road in san francisco dominate really and so i'm not
1: i'm not looking in the past mike i'm i'm looking one or no all right i'm taking a game at a time and what, everything else before that doesn't matter technically if you take into
0: account the dvoa stats the packers are two and this year so we're undefeated going Ooh. into San Francisco, where we're undefeated in the last year in California.
1: See? We're back. See?
0: We're back. See? I like this. See? I like this. Okay, so um, talk to me about the offensive line, Bill. How, really, how nervous are you for Aaron Rodgers and his back?
1: Oh, it's going to be atrocious. Just bad. I'm so scared. It's We're going to get – well, because – what is – I'm not going to look up their injury report because they're – there's a couple dudes on defense they're missing.
0: So they're okay. So from what I understand, I don't know any of the names, and you can look it up as I, I filibuster for you. But the they are down at the cornerback position, uh, and obviously, as we all know, they are down on running backs. And so a lot of what I've been reading is that they've been giving up like a bunch of yards per carry, maybe five yards per carry, and they're down cornerbacks and so the Packers should be able to match up well, especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't overthrow MBS on, on some deep shots. But do you have the injury report pulled up?
1: I do, So yes. are they
0: down at cornerback?
1: Um, they are. They, they have one cornerback who is questionable. Like, if, if you'll let me, I can just go right down the list Knock and it tell out. you. Let's
0: go through the injury report right. list. This is this is great so
1: podcast. Do you, do you want me to go from most severe to or to least severe or least, least severe to, to most. most severe? Go from
0: least to most.
1: Least to most? Yeah. Okay. So, not listed is running back Trey Sermon with a concussion. Um, he cleared concussion protocol Friday, though, and was in full... Full goal in practice, which means he should suit up Sunday with no problems. Okay. Um, then, questionable is DN Eric Armstead with an adductor, DT Javon Kinlaw with a knee, and your cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley with a knee.
0: And we know questionable means doubtful. And doubtful means out.
1: Um, I believe... Um, although Mosley, it says this website, newswire.usatoday.com slash list slash 49ers week, three injury report, <laughs> Tracer from Elijah Mitchell. Um, it does say Mosley is on track to make his season debut Sunday, so they might not have that corner problem after all. That sucks. Uh, moving on to doubtful is running back Elijah Mitchell with a shoulder. He was limited in practice Friday. Uh... And that's, yeah, that's, yep. That's it? Uh, well, and then finally, we get to out. Okay. Which, I don't know if you know, out means they will not play.
0: Out means done for so a couple we, games.
1: Out means, well, out means out. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know this, I, I, I can't speak to this, the length of time they'll miss. I'm not a, you so it know, means they're not out there out. with them. Okay. But it means they're out. Okay. Well, it doesn't mean out out. I don't know what out out means, but it just Woo. means they're out. Mm, I don't <laughs> like where this is going. Uh, so defensive tackle Kevin Givens out ankle, and running back Jameical Hasty out with an ankle.
0: Perfect. So, all that all that said, Bill, um, we one of the things that I mean. So you're scared of of. of the Bosa, because that's one thing when we were talking about, oh, oh the Packers in California. Both time, the times the Packers have been in California versus a Bosa, we've been in trouble. All three times.
1: Wait, what was the third time? Uh, wait, last year. Oh, last year, okay, Bosa yeah, yeah, was yeah,
0: not there. Yeah. Wait,
1: was what? He was, was he? Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: The year before, though, we played the 49ers twice, and we played the Chargers once. And the Chargers had the oh, other Bosa. I see. I
1: see. I see where you got. You, you pulled a sneaky on me.
0: I did. I did. Did you like that? Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I do. There's not enough talk going on in the interwebs about this, which is the fact that uh, Nick Bosa is number one, a cousin of Jake Kumaro. Which, I mean, really. That's pretty wild. But the second part, which is even scarier, which I wish Jeremy was on the podcast for this because Jeremy would be able to tell me how legit this is because we know Jeremy is connected. I'll bleep that out. But the Bosas have family ties to the Chicago mob. Why is this not being talked about?
1: Because of the mob.
0: Okay, well someone needs to dig into this I'm I'm the truth teller here But I'm not a journalist, I didn't go to journalism school But someone needs to be talking Bill He could kill someone And we wouldn't know about it Why do you think Elton Jenkins is hurt?
1: Do you think it was just
0: coincidence?
1: Okay, see, the thing is No one's talking about it, and I don't like that you're talking about it Because I'm afraid of the mob I, I don't want them I don't want them to hear this and come after us
0: Okay, well disavow me right now then
1: Uh, uh, Excuse me, Mob, if you're listening, I do not uh, condone the topics being discussed. Uh, Mike is saying this in his own free will and volition. His thoughts and opinions are his own.
0: Yeah, okay, so I'll take it from here. Please don't kill me. I'll take it from here. I'm not scared of them. But why do you think the person who lines up directly across from Nick Bosa, who is one of the best-graded left tackles in the league, all of a sudden played all last week's games, all of a sudden is hurt with an ankle. Why do you think that is?
1: Do you have a real a... answer?
0: No, I don't want a real answer. I, I know the real answer. We've got a we've got a Tanya Harding situation going on here with the mob and no one's talking about it.
1: <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> I, that, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Wait, did you not hear okay. me talking? That's because the mob I, no, cut out my I mic. Did.
1: No, I I did hear you, but you just kind of stopped talking, and I des- I wasn't sure what to say.
0: That's because I felt a shock in my left leg because they planted a chip in me that shocks my leg when I talk about the mob.
1: Are you sure that's who gave you the chip?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but um, okay. I just I needed to get that out there. Do you have anything else to say other than disavowing me on Nick Bosa being in the mob?
1: I mean, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not
0: being in the mob. Not being in the mob has family connections in the mob.
1: Uh, I disavow him, but for other reasons.
0: <laughs> we don't talk politics.
1: Hey, yeah, you said it, not me.
0: So the other thing that we need to be paying attention to, which we talked about a little, is that uh, it looks like Eric Stokes is going to be the new outside cornerback, and that's pretty cool. Uh, he looked really good last week, and it looks like Kevin King, king of the slot is moving into the slot. And Bill, Joe Barry, who is very obviously great at identifying talent, was quoted this week as saying, we have three really good cornerbacks. Who is he talking about?
1: Who is he talking about? Jair Alexander. Yep. Uh, Eric Stokes. Yep. Uh, And... I mean... Well... Well you know what? Here's what it is. I think because just uh a couple weeks ago, you know who got put in the uh the Packers Hall of Fame? Charles Woodson. And Al Harris. Yep.
0: So that's who he's so talking I, about?
1: I think he was talking about Al Harris, yeah.
0: No, he must be because it can't be it can't be KK. Maybe, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, it was either him or Charles. I think I think he, I think I think uh, JB got himself a little confused.
0: Um. Yeah. I think he was
1: so, sipping on a little JB, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> so if if the Packers do move King to the slot and put Eric Stokes out on the outside at cornerback, do you think that that actually makes a significant difference in terms of the way this defense plays, or is is it just we're focusing on? This small, minute thing that really isn't going to change the overall defense because Eric Stokes is a rookie, and I'm not sure how much better he is than Kevin King because he's a rookie, and rookies are bad, and the real problem is the interior defensive line and the fact that we can't get any pressure at all.
1: I mean, that's all well and good, but I think, again, this kind of goes back to my analogy. I'm just going to shoehorn it. Uh, this is like when you've got the point guard who can't play defense, so you gotta you gotta hide him a little bit. Yeah. So this is basically what they're doing: they're hiding Kevin King a little bit uh, by putting him in the slot because they know he absolutely cannot play outside, so that's, they move him inside. But does that solve the problem? If we get better at cornerback, let's just say that that Stokes is a
0: significantly better cornerback than Kevin King, does that actually affect? the outcome of how good this defense is or is it still going to be an issue because once again well, i
1: think I, I think it will because instead of having one good cornerback playing outside then you have two
0: okay the, okay do you think that helps our path like this is not me badgering you i just i truly don't know i i don't have the answer but to me well, what i think would about you rather it,
1: have two hang out would you rather have two good cornerbacks or one good cornerback
0: i think it's i think it makes us better I, okay. I want to have two good cornerbacks, and we already have three. Okay. So um, I don't know. But we have three. And well, so... You know what
1: they say? Two, two heads is better than one.
0: Well, yeah, and you know what happens when you have three good cornerbacks? You have none? You have none. And so... But the, what it comes back to me is do, how much better does it actually make us? Because right now our defense is really bad. Two only allows 17 points... We need heavy rain and Jared Goff's small hands. So does moving Eric Stokes out to cornerback, and if he's significantly better than Kevin King, how much better does that actually make the overall defense when we can't stop the run and we can't get pressure on the cornerback or the quarterback? So I don't know the answer.
1: Well, you're the DVOA man. What do your calculations say?
0: Well, see, I don't really care about this these DVOAs. The DVOAs that I have, which I listed on Twitter, are number one. The they're wearing their 1994 throwback uniforms, which is a plus 94 DOA for them. So we're already in the hole. Uh, now George Kittle is a uh, is a Bears fan, which is negative 20 DVOA. That's huge for the Packers. He he carries mm-hmm. that born loser blood inside of him. Uh, there's also the DVOA for. The fact that Nick Bosa is a part of the mob, or family is a part of the mob. Uh, I think that that's like plus 13 DVOA for the 49ers. And there was something else that I, I can't remember. Oh, California Packers, minus 20 uh, DVOA. So, like the DVOA
1: on... Man, we're really in the hole.
0: Yeah, we're in trouble. Which is why I'm they, surprised that you- the line's only minus three and a half.
1: Mm. Maybe Vegas knows something we don't. Or maybe, or maybe someone is point shaving.
0: Oh. Oh. I like that. All yeah. right, Bill. <laughs> All right, Bill, let's. Uh... I'm a primetime player. I came through when it counted and uh, got my second TV. I got one for my living room now and one for my bedroom. So let's move on and let's talk about the resurgence of Randall Cobb what that means for the Packers moving forward. And the last thing I want to talk about is if we can't stop the run this week with all of the 49ers running backs hurt, then are we ever going to be able to stop anyone? Let's start no. with... <laughs> okay, we can start there. So uh, if we can't stop them, like, where is your hope for the rest of the season? Like, if If we give up 155 yards rushing and still win... Or 200 yards rushing and still win, which I think is going to be a difficult thing. That Venn diagram has a very small uh, space where the two things meet. Are you, <laughs> are you like done with the season? Because if we can't stop this, then we're in trouble.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's going to be like, it's not quite going to be. 2011 because our offense is not nearly as good but it's basically going to be that. It's we're going to have to rely on the offense to score a bunch of points because we know the defense won't be able to stop anyone.
0: I could take what you just said, clip it and put it in any podcast from 2011 to 2013 and then 2015 to 2020 and it would fit in every single one of those categories. Well, the offense is going to have to score a lot. I just don't know how you don't get it solved over an entire decade except in 2014. And even then, it was just because we got a bunch of turnovers. Um, Okay, so on the offensive side of the ball, Bill, Randall Cobb is our second leading wide receiver. And that's because Aaron Rodgers has consistently overthrown MVS when he's wide open. But is that a positive or a negative? Because I think that's an interesting question. If Randall Cobb is your second-best wide receiver, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing?
1: Well, I mean, you know, uh, in 2011, that would have been a pretty good thing. But uh, now? I mean, okay, well, I mean, he's he's a veteran, so you'd think, you know, you'd be like, okay, sure, the vet, you know, steps in. Um... And, you know, you'd expect him to be up there, you know, with him and Devontae, but it also means that, like, you know, who else is... Um, See, okay, Mike, I, I pulled up the stats. Uh, We got a problem.
0: Have I been lying?
1: You are lying. Why? You, yeah. Why? Because Randall Cobb is not our second leading receiver. Who is? He's not even our third leading receiver. Who is? He's our fourth leading receiver. Okay,
0: list the receivers and the receiving.
1: Okay, so Devontae Adams, first. Yep. 177 yards. Okay. Second, with 61 yards and three receiving touchdowns, most on the team, is running back Aaron Jones.
0: Oh, okay. Come on now. Okay, all right, all right. He's a running back. and I'm going by receiving yards. Okay, I was talking about strictly receivers. Who's number three? Big Bob? Big Bob. Yep, and then number four? With 60 yards. And then number four? Is
1: Randall. Okay. 58. So
0: of the wide receivers, Randall Cobb is our second leading receiver of the wide receivers. Is I mean, that a okay. bad it's or a good thing?
1: It's It's fine. It's a, It's not a bad thing.
0: See, I think that do you, you think could. It's bad? I think you could find an argument that it's a bad thing. It's kind of like when you talk. Why is it bad? It's kind of like when you're talking about an NBA team, and you're like, uh, "Okay, because." Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm. I'm gonna do two things here. Number one, everyone slow down. Number one, it is like when you say, "If that dude is your second best player on an NBA team, you're not a championship team," right? If Randall Cobb is your second best wide receiver, you do not have a good wide receiving core. The second part of that is Randall Cobb is worth, in the eyes of the league, a sixth round pick. Like, I think that he's solid. That's that's good value. I th- I think that he's solid. I do, but I don't believe that if he's our second best wide receiver at the end of the year, in terms of, of yards... Gained, I think that we're going to
1: have a problem. If I, Mike, if I told you before the season, that a sixth round pick was going to be our second leading receiver, you'd be like, that's good value. That is good. I agree. That is a good find. I agree. I, but then I tell you that, and then I tell you his name is Randall Cobb and suddenly it's bad. No, well, but I would
0: still say, oh my gosh, if he's our second... If he's our second-best receiver, like, what happened to MBS? Alan Lazard hasn't caught a... I don't think he's caught a ball. He is just out there Uh, roaming around and blocking people. He's like the mercedes
1: has Alan Lazard has two catches.
0: Were they from Jordan Love? Like, when did he catch a ball? I don't remember him catching a, a single ball against the Lions. Maybe. So, yeah, I just... He's got as many as Malik Taylor. It's gonna be yeah, exactly. It's gonna be fine. Like if he's the second wide receiver, that's fine, but I will just be disappointed in the fact that he's been better than MVS this year. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, so so MVS has three receptions and twelve targets. Yeah. Which is second most on the team by a lot.
0: Yeah, that that's the other thing though that I I, I am not worried about MVS because he hasn't dropped anything and Aaron Rodgers has been just missing him. And I just, I don't know, just call me crazy. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers missing MVS this often for the rest of the year. I, do you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Really? I don't know. Maybe. What a hot take for a podcast. <laughs> you know what? Maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Well, look at how look at how bad Aaron was in week 1. If
0: he's like that for the whole year though, none of this matters. It's all over. Yeah. And I don't think he will be.
1: I mean, his first half of the Lions game wasn't amazing. He was fine. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah. Exactly. He was fine. Yeah. So, um okay, let's if Aaron Rodgers is fine, I mean, I know I know Aaron Rodgers being fine gets you like, you know, at least 500. Right, Like that's the floor for Aaron Rodgers being fine Probably Sure d- 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 Agree or disagree I mean I think, it, I think
0: I actually do think that the offense is strong Enough that Aaron Rodgers just has to be fine And will probably win
1: 10 games Wow Oh my god I think I just got hit in the face With the beater Bukowski take <laughs> That is the insult
0: of insults my friend not to lie do you really need two i mean can i have one if you come over and watch some movies with me bill let's talk about uh the things that we're scared of so as a list of the things that we've been scared of over the last couple of weeks week one we were scared i was scared of the sun i was scared of Jameis winston having lasik surgery all those came to fruition week two I think everyone on the podcast was equally afraid of man Campbell. And I saw him standing on the sidelines as his team was getting beat. And I thought that he was at some point going to just run on the field and tackle someone, get up and yell at his team and say, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Like a real form tackle. Um, That didn't come to fruition, even though I'm still scared of man Campbell coming to this week. But what are you scared of? going into the game on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Uh I mean that I'm scared of the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football on national TV. That's terrifying. Okay. Uh, that isn't that is not uh, the Packers historically I feel like are not good on national TV or at least in the like the big primetime game. I feel like it's very hit or miss.
0: Yeah, it, that's a that's a great take. Actually, it does feel like we either do something wild, win a big game, blow someone out like we did the Chiefs a while, like what four years ago, five years ago, or we
1: just get slaughtered. When did we blow the Chiefs out?
0: I mean, this was like the Alex Smith years.
1: Oh, oh yeah, that was the one. That was the year they uh, when they never threw a touch pass past their wide receiver, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember that now.
0: So, yeah. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to go through a list of things that I'm, I'm scared of, and I just want you to tell me where you're at with it all. I am scared of what I would call the little brother syndrome, where, believe it or not, you're, the big brother always wins, and I think that Kyle... Shanahan is Matt Lafleur's big brother in terms of coaching, so that scares me. Should I be scared of that?
1: Um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I would probably be scared of Kyle Shanahan, but not for that reason. But
0: I am also scared of Nick Bosa, just him. Okay, not even his play, just him, generally. Okay. Should I be scared of that?
1: I mean, I think we've I think we've had enough boasted discourse previously. I think we know where our answers are. Okay,
0: I am scared of Debo Samuel. Okay. Because I think he plays out of the slot quite a bit, and we know who is in the slot, King of the slot. That scares me.
1: Yeah, but I thought you were I thought you were all in on Kevin King.
0: I am. I just don't want to be wrong, which I'm not going to be wrong. But I okay. don't want to
1: be wrong but you're not going to be. Truth telling.
0: I am scared of I'm scared of the Packers partying tonight before the game mm. like they did 2 years ago.
1: That's the other thing. It seems like every time they get pantsed under Matt LaFleur it's like come out like Big Z comes out and like yeah we weren't we weren't there mentally and it's like why again why they were getting
0: lit. Yeah. So, I guess I'm scared of alcohol. Ooh know about that, but I am scared of that. And then the last thing that I'm actually just terrified of, I I actually truly, this is going to be weird to say, I do not want to get out to a giant lead quickly. I don't want to go up like 14 to nothing with a lot of time left because I know exactly what's going to happen. Which is Trey Lance coming in and dominating having it be his first ever time being the quarterback and scoring 35 points on a bad defense and us losing and then that that being the springboard for trey lance on his way to a super bowl that's what i'm most scared of truly i don't want to get out to a giant lead and have that
1: happen well uh if i were kyle shanahan and i were preparing for this game Jimmy G, why don't you uh, grab a water? You're going to sit this game out. Because <laughs> I am playing as much Trey Lance as I possibly can.
0: Okay, so I actually, because this is going to be quick, but I have a, I have like a couple questions for you. Now that, now that we've seen how bad the defense is, especially the fact that Jared Goff ran for like 45 yards, does it change your opinion on any of the other games? Like now when we go and play Baltimore – I had that originally as a W. That is an L. Like we are not beating Baltimore.
1: Oh, I had that as an L the whole way, but now I'm now I'm putting two L's. <laughs>
0: um, and I was thinking about some other teams that we're gonna be playing with, who have like even semi-mobile quarterbacks. Like, we, I think that we're actually really well suited to beat the Steelers next week and to beat Kirk, 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 Kirk Cousins. No, dude,
1: because. But- I am now afraid of Justin Fields. Ben Ben Roethlisberger, the walking skyscraper.
0: I am now afraid of Justin Fields.
1: Um, yeah, maybe. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Matt Nagy.
0: We need Andy Dalton to get healthy.
1: Well, I mean, because he's QB one when he's healthy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Justin Fields is mobile, but I trust Matt Nagy to limit his ability to be good. So, I think they would, if we lost lost to Trey Lance, or not Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, it would be in spite of their coaching, not because of it. Did you just listen to the question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Huntley, two years invested in Joe Callahan.
0: The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. All right, let's finish up with some score predictions Bill, I am going to start with you on the score prediction.
1: Okay. Go well, ahead. Uh, let's see. Doing my tabulations, taking into account all the factors, I think the score is going to be um, Packers 21, 49ers 31. Wow! Oh my gosh!
0: I have it 31 to
1: 20, uh, 49ers.
0: I I hope that I'm wrong, and I picked 20 for a reason because the only way we're going to win this game is if King of the Slot plays King of the Slot. But I I am I am very nervous about this game. I, I, I picked 21
1: because of Eric Stokes, obviously. Ooh,
0: love that. So, <laughs> all right, go and follow us on Twitter at Packers Pregame. Please subscribe to the new feed, the Packer Pregame Podcast feed. If you're listening to us on the AquasPods and feed, go over, search Packers Pregame. You're gonna see us. We've got a new logo. It's very nice, it's very rich. And uh, anything else I'm missing?
1: Go pack.